0: Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. When I was about 19 or 20, I got a little part-time job um, and working as a valet parking attendant. And I was working at a an extremely swanky, kind of really high dollar, uh, fancy country club in Palm Beach, Florida. Now if you don't know Palm Beach, it's kind of an island, exclusive island with the rich and famous all live over there. It's one of the most wealthy zip codes in all of the, probably the world. So I'm, get, I'm driving, parking cars. I had this job briefly though. Um, Not because I crashed anybody's car, but because I just didn't like the job. But anyways, these people would drive up in their cars, and they weren't driving Fords and Chevys and Dodges, okay? These These were Ferraris and Bentleys and Rolls Royces, and they would pull up, and we would park the cars, they would hand us the keys, we'd park the cars, and there was an expectation from those people. The expectation was, when we gave them the keys back later, that the car would be in the same condition that they brought it. I mean, they didn't expect that there'd be like 100 extra miles on the odometer because I wanted to take a joyride. They, they, they didn't expect there to be trash in the, in the back seat. They didn't expect there to be dings all over the car or any kind of problems with the car. They just expected me to give them the keys back to a car that basically was the, the same condition that they, they gave it to me in. There was just that expectation, and it's a realistic expectation. Wouldn't you agree? And I think today as we kind of go into week number two of our series called Reset, we're going to be looking at some areas in the series where we're going to talk about resetting some things, these areas of our lives that are going to require the attribute or the fruit of the Holy Spirit known as self-control. And these are areas that people, you know, in the beginning of the year, a lot of people are thinking, hey, how can I do things differently this year? And we've got certain areas that we're really interested in making some changes. And today is probably the number one area that people want to make changes in the beginning of the year because we're going to be talking about resetting our physical health because God gave us our one and only body and he expects us to return it. It won't be the exact same condition we got it because, you know, as we get older, things deteriorate. But as good a condition as possible, that's kind of God's expectation because he owns us and we're just managing it for him. Now, we talk about physical health. I know a lot of people are already going, wait a second, time out. Why are we talking about physical health? That's, that's talk for the gym. This is church. Let's talk about something spiritual. We need to talk about some spiritual stuff in church. Can I tell you something? There's probably nothing more spiritual to talk about than our physical health. The Bible talks a lot about taking care of what God entrusts us with. And so today we're going to look at some motivation, hopefully from Scripture, when it comes to taking care of our bodies. So what we're going to do is I want to start with this idea, and I want you to kind of keep this idea throughout what we're going to be talking about today, all right? And by the way, let me just say this disclaimer. This message is not about guilt, condemnation, making you feel bad. This is about all of us saying, hey, you know what? We can do better when it comes to taking care of ourselves because God has given us our bodies. But here's the thought. I want you to take this. Let's just suppose when you, the day you were born, you were given an automobile, your car. Now, you couldn't drive it until you had a license, but it was your car, and here's the only catch. It's the only car you will ever have for the rest of your life. You can't trade it in and get a new one. You can't sell it and buy a new one. You have one car for the rest of your life. If it breaks down and it's beyond repair, Tough luck, you're gonna walk because there's no Ubers allowed, right? You're gonna walk for the rest of your life. One car. How would you take care of that car if you knew it was the only one you'd ever get? Now think about the body that you've got. It's the same way. Why don't we think that way? Because it's the only one we're gonna get until we get into heaven and get our new body. So let's just kind of look at what Scripture has to say about it. Here's what I do. I'm just gonna give you two points from the Scripture and then a little, hopefully, some motivation for all of us as we kind of embark on this journey toward resetting our physical health. Here's the first to first point, okay? And this is from the scripture. Again, this is not, this is not from uh, some, uh, you know, fitness magazine. This is the scripture talking about this. Here's what it says, you are a soul with a body, and there is a link between physical and spiritual health. I suppose that's actually two points there, but you get my get what I'm saying. You're a soul with a body, and there's and there's a link between physical and spiritual health. Now, I think sometimes we we, we don't really think this through very well. Um, we we think in terms of okay, I'm a body, right? I'm a body. I just happen to have a soul. But that's not right. We're a soul long before we're a body, right? We're a soul just happens to have a body. This body is a shell for the soul, the spirit of God that lives inside of us. And it is, uh, the thing about the body is it's temporal, but the soul lives on forever. And here's what it says in, in Psalm 139. Now think about this. It says, you saw me. This is the psalmist speaking to God. He said, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. He said, look, God, you knew me before I was born, before I had a physical body, before you knit me together in my mother's womb. You already knew me from the foundations of the world. When you laid the foundation of the world, you already knew me. You already know all my days were ahead of me. You know what was going on. You knew me. Yeah, I was a soul before I was a, a body. Right before you gave me a body, you already knew me. And this is an important distinction because when you look at it this way, you realize, okay, this body has a purpose and we're to keep you know, in, in, in the body as, in as good a shape as possible, but ultimately, we also know, because our spirit lives on forever, that that is more important. In fact, in, in 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul says this. And I'll, 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 Listen to his words, He's, and this is from the message translation. I kind of like the way it words it. It says, exercise daily in God. Now, I'll just brief pause there, a lot of us are doing the read through the Bible chronologically, and, and uh, so it's kind of that daily thing where you're having that intake of the Word of God. If you, if you haven't jumped on board, that's a, it's going to be a great study. Uh, it's not too late, and we can give you more information. you have to stop by the Connection Center there. But if not, some sort of way that you're exercising spiritually every day, where you're reading God's Word, you're praying, that you're doing things, serving others, doing things that, we're gonna, that are going to build up your spiritual life. Here's what it says. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are what? They're useful. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful. There's a use for them. But a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. So, that's what he says. He says, look, you need every single day to pour into your spiritual self, your the spiritual life. Make that a daily discipline of every day I'm going to grow more spiritually, become more like Jesus in a way that I respond to situations. This is my goal. That's important. He said that's more important. But he does say workouts in a gymnasium are useful. There's a purpose for that. The body that we have is important because God gave it to us. And so we're a soul with a body, we need to take care of spiritually more so. He says, if you're going to weigh those things out, your spiritual life's more important because, you know, you're going to live forever, you know, et- into eternity, but your body's going to go back into, the, into the dust. It's, it's just not going to last. It, it's just not going to happen that way, but you need to take care of it while it's here. So some of us uh, have not done a good job of that, but it's not too late. I mean, a lot of people, they, when it comes to the idea of, oh, man, exercise, exercise, are you kidding me? Like if God wanted me to exercise, uh, he wanted, if God wanted me to touch my toes, he would put them on my knees. You know, it's not kind of like I don't want, I, I, I'm exercising, I'm not exercising, are you kidding me? And yet, this is what he says, it's, it's useful. Now, the second part of that thing is that, again, remember that this body is, is temporary. It's a shell, it's, 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 it's called a tent in scripture. That's all it is, it's just a temporary dwelling for the spirit. But wouldn't you want to take care of that? Because there's a link, and here's the second part of what I said, there's a link between physical and spiritual health. I mean, you ever notice that? Like if you don't feel good physically, that it affects like every area of your life? Have you noticed that? Like if you get a cold or you are injured, it kind of throws everything off. And the same thing is true with other areas of your life. Do you know that when God created us, we're created so, um, it's so intricate the way that God built us is that we're not compartmentalized that I like, I think a lot of us think that way. Like we compartmentalize every area of our lives. And so we go, okay, this is my spiritual life. This is my physical life. This is my emotional life. This is my relationships. This is my hobbies. And we have, this is my work. And we have all of these things laid out. And we, we kind of separate all of those things. But what we learn when we see the way that God created us that we, that we do, we, we are, we're a soul with a body, we, you know, we're a spiritual being. We have a body, but we also have emotions. All of us have emotions that, that are God-given. And if, and if emotionally I'm off, then there's a likelihood that I'm off spiritually or physically because the way that God created us, if one area is off, it affects the other areas. That's why they say that like, exercise is the best antidepressant there is. Like when you're releasing endorphins as you're working out, it 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 brightens your day a little bit, and so the physical affects the emotional, and spiritual affects physical, and all and so on. So we have to understand that the way that God created us, is that way. So let me show you two scriptures if you if you're not with me on that, because I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how a couple of scriptures in Third John one two it says is this dear friend I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body. as as you are strong in spirit. John recognized that there's link between the two. In Proverbs chapter three, a couple of these verses, some of you are gonna know that because they're your life verses, but I rarely have ever heard anybody when they're quoting these verses give us verse eight, but I'm gonna show you there's a link here between physical and spiritual. Trust in the Lord, with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. A lot of, a lot of those, some of you guys know that one by heart. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Some of you are still tracking, but this is the verse that nobody ever quotes. Then, all right, when you do that, when you, when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, depend not on your own understanding, seek his will in all you do and he'll show you which path to take. Here's what it says, then, then, when you do that, take care of the spiritual side of your life, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. The link between the spiritual and the physical. In Psalm chapter 51, it's really interesting. King David had committed grievous sin um, when he committed adultery, and then he had this man murdered. And during that time, after that, um, he would not confess that sin. He goes about a year of his life with that unconfessed sin of what he's done. He thinks that it, you know, only he knows, but it's, it's killing him. And so he writes Psalm 51 after he's, con- after he's come to grips with what he's done and he's confessed it. And here's what he writes in Psalm 51. He said, when I refused to confess my sin, my bones ate. I groaned day and night. There was a physical ramifications for him not taking care of his spiritual life. There is a link that cannot be separated. That's why when you are off uh, physically, you're probably not going to be clicking on all cylinders spiritually either. We need to take care of all of us. Emotional health, relational health, spiritual health, physical health, all of it is important. So that's from the Bible. Let me give you one more thing to keep in mind as we kind of reset our physical hell. Here's the other thing the Bible teaches, that taking care of my body is an act of worship. Did you catch that? Taking care of my body is an act of worship. Now, we're not worshiping our bodies, but when I take care of my body, it's an act of worship. Now, let me let me give you some, let's back up a little bit, and let's go to the Old Testament thought for a second. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, those were God's people, and they were nomadic people. They were traveling often. They were on journeys, going eventually to the promised land. But they, they, uh, they created this thing called a tabernacle, which was like a temple on wheels. It was a portable temple. Then they would go and they would set it up. It was a really nice structure, but it was kind of a tent, tents, a big tent. And they would go there, and the idea in the Old Testament was this tabernacle was a place where God dwelt. Now we know that God is everywhere, but his power was manifested in that tabernacle. Later on, they eventually, King Solomon, built God a temple, and it was it's it was an incredible um, architectural feat. It was amazing. So he builds this temple, and there again, this was the place where God dwelt. And again, he's everywhere, but this was the place. That, that kind of where his power was displayed for everybody. And so people would bring their sacrifice and do things like this. And, and there were 12 tribes of Israel. One of those tribes is known as the Levites. Their sole responsibility for the Levites was to take care of God's temple. It was to make sure that that temple was in pristine condition all the time. And they took care of all of the all of the different sacrifices and rituals and things and traditions that they had that went on in, in the temple. But that was a responsibility because God took it very seriously. And can you imagine now if you were a person who were going to that holy place of God and you were there and you decided to throw trash on the ground or just wreck the place? You wouldn't do that, right? It, nobody would do that. They would dishonor uh, God by doing that. But then in New Testament we have the shift where we realize that the New Testament, it makes a total shift of things. That it says, hey, God can't be, God can't be uh, held within a building. There's no way you can, you can enclose God in a building. He's everywhere. But then in the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and these new believers had the Holy Spirit, there's a distinction, and the Bible says, now our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the place of God's power where God dwells. Within us, so why wouldn't we take care of the temple where God dwells within us? Right? It doesn't even make sense not to. So let's go look at Scripture. First Corinthians: Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Isn't it interesting that we see again this idea of stewardship, where God owns everything, including the body that he gave you on loan. Like, it's his. He bought you with a price, with the blood of his own dear son, so you're his. Your body is his. It's only on loan to you, and so you, you have to take care of it because it's the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And, and if, if, if the temple is in disarray, then again, because there's a physical and spiritual link, it's going to cause all kinds of problems spiritually for us. So that's what the Bible teaches. Now, there's another thing that, that, you, that you look at when you, if you want to take this another level in Romans chapter 12. In Romans 12, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. When we offer our bodies as a sacrifice to God, it is a, is a form of worship. When, and again, this is not just talking about exercise and nutrition and things like that, but taking care of our body, doing any, anything that causes harm to our bodies is, is not a good thing, right? Would you agree with that? Like, you, like, if you smoke, I mean, everybody that smokes that I know knows it's not good for them. Like, I don't know anybody that smokes and go, this is great for me. <laughs> they all know. They're like, I don't know why I do this. I hate it, but I'm just, uh, it's just a habit. And I know it's going to probably kill me one day. All right. So, so we know, and, and people who, who take drugs or, or maybe we don't, do you have proper nutrition and exercise? We, we we know we all know the statistics. We live look in the United States of America. Seventy-two percent of Americans are overweight or obese. I mean, we we get it. We know that heart disease. Six hundred fifty-nine thousand people die every year of heart disease, and how much of it could be prevented with a little preventative maintenance by how we how we take care of this body. So when so again when 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 we. Offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. That isn't just about, hey, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm just going to eat right or I'm not going to do this or I'm going to start doing this. This is, again, all of us saying, God, I'm yours. My act of worship is to lay myself on your altar. Again, figuratively speaking, because we know that Jesus did that. He was our offering. Jesus died for our sins. And that's why it says in view of God's mercy, God's already done this for us. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Say, God, every single part of me, from from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I am yours, and I am going to live as a sacrifice to you. Everything I do will be that way. Because in the Old Testament, again, if you go back to the Old Testament, the idea of the sacrifice was when the people would come to the temple once a year, they would bring an animal to sacrifice for their sins. And they would be placed on an altar. And then... It was killed there. It wasn't a living sacrifice. But, but God says that we're to be living sacrifices. We, we, we die to ourselves, but we live for Christ. And so everything we do is in view of what God's done for us by sending his son. Now, let's get this real practical because this series is meant to be super practical. And that's how do we do this? What do we need to do if we're going to sustain the right kind of taking care of our body? And, and particularly when it comes to uh, exercise and nutrition, things like that it really matter. So let me just give you six keys to physical health success, okay? These are, I think it, it, this is really important because, again, as we're in a new year, they say that 40% of all New Year's resolutions have something to do with this kind of stuff. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going I'm to stop eating processed foods. I'm going to stop eating sugar. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this or that. So we, we all, I think there's a desire for everybody to do this, but most of us, Start, but we don't finish well. And that's because I don't think we understand what it takes to do that. So let me give you six things that you can do to to um, hopefully keep, keep things going. And that first thing that I think every one of us needs to decide is discover your why. Discover your why. Like, why are you, why would you sacrifice? You know, why would you skip the donut and, and, and have the, the, the kale, I don't know, whatever, you know, why would you do that, all right? Well, there's got to be a why, because otherwise you're not going to do it for long. So, so a why, for some people go, okay, well, I want to look better. That's not a very compelling why. I mean, that's good, right? We should all want to look better, but that's not enough. That's not going to get you up, when, you know, when you don't feel like going to the gym or you don't feel like eating right. That's not enough of a motivation. So you need a more compelling why. Why are you doing this? For me, you know, for me, the reason I do it is I already know I've got hereditary heart disease that, that you know, I'm, I'm fighting genetics. All right? I'm, I'm going to lose that battle at some point. But in the meantime, I'm going to go out I'm gonna be I'm going to fight all the way through. So for me, my why, the reason I eat right, the reason I exercise every day is because I want to see my grandkids grow up. And I wanna see them one day get married and have kids. I wanna be a part of that. I wanna be able to run around like a madman in the yard with my grandkids. I, I don't wanna be that guy that walks to the mailbox and has to take a break because he's winded. I don't wanna do that. My why is, is is a compelling why for me. That's what gets me motivated. If it were just, I wanna look better, I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't last. It's gotta be stronger. So what is your why? What is your reason? Maybe it's because you've got uh, maybe there's some sort of lingering disease or hereditary issues in your family. Maybe it's, uh, you know, and, you, and you're and you like, hey, I don't want to want to take care of myself. Or maybe you, it's your kids or grandkids or whatever it is. Discover a compelling why. You got to know your why. Because that's what's going to get you, that's what you're gonna going to keep you going. Which neat to the second thing is that's sustainability. The second key to success is sustainability. The reason most people don't keep going is because they haven't found something sustainable. Like they... People get on these fad diets that is impossible f- to, to, to last. It, it's, you're setting yourself up for failure. So they'll do some kind of crazy diet of all you can eat, you know, I can only eat broccoli every single day. Well, Yeah, you'll lose a lot of weight, but you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. It's just not going to happen. You've got to find something that's sustainable. Same thing with exercise. People go, oh, I gotta, I'm going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm going to run t- 10 miles. What? You know, like a like half a percent of the population can do that. And if that's you, that's sustainable you, that's great. But for the rest of us, that ain't happening. We don't have that. We're not going to do that. You might do it for January 1st and January 2nd, but that's it. You're not doing it any further than that because it's not sustainable. Find something. Sustainability is something you you like to do. So, if, like, if, if my exercise, if I, want, if I like to hike, we go hiking. If I, if I want I, I like to, some people like to run. Crazy, but some people like to run, right? <laughs> some people like CrossFit. Some people like to gym. Some people like to, to, to swim. I, find something you like to do because that's going to be sustainable. Same thing with eating. Find something that makes sense. Just cut out sugars, cut out processed foods. You know, it doesn't have to be something crazy. And I even the idea of a diet. A diet is by its very nature temporary. Create a new lifestyle, something sustainable, something you can do forever forever. Because otherwise, it's just going to be starting and stopping and yo-yo diets and this. It doesn't work. Find something you enjoy doing that's sustainable for the long run. You know, just figure out how you're wired and do that. Accountability. You know, don't do it alone. Find somebody that you're accountable to. Your spouse. Your friend. Hire a coach. Do something. But there is an accountability that says, hey, somebody's going to ask me about this. And therefore, I've got a, um, you know, I've I've got a little bit of extra motivation because of that. Because most people don't do well on their own. So find somebody to be accountable. And then number four, prioritize. And I put a little side note, no one accidentally gets and keeps fit. Like, Like when you see somebody that's physically fit, that's not, oh, they're blessed with genetics. They're lucky. Or that they didn't wake up one day, they're fit. It doesn't work that way. Especially if you're over 30. It just doesn't work that way, right? When you see somebody that's taking care of themselves, that's fit, it's because they're taking care of themselves because they've made it a priority and they've said, this is important. Last week we talked about time and a lot of people's excuses, I don't have time to take care of myself. Oh, let me tell you something. The people that take care of themselves have figured out that they need to take time for themselves, they put it on their schedule. And they do it guilt-free. They say, this is important that I'm going to do this. This is this is my appointment with myself today, that I'm going to do this because, again, this isn't about just making me look good. It's because I'm, I'm worshiping God by taking care of my body, the temple that God's given me. And I know that if I'm off kilter on my physical health, it's going to affect me spiritually, so I need to, to keep my body in tip-top condition as best I can. And I also know that that I am at the end of the day a spirit, but I do have a body. And it's really, really important because it's on loan from God. So the motivation again um, is there. So prioritize. And then number five is use use tools to help. We live in a day and age with technology. You can go and get an app for anything. Like MyFitnessPal is the biggest app, food database. It's easy to use. People can track what they're eating and all that kind of stuff. Free, everything's free. You go on YouTube, there's a video, whatever. It's free. Find some tools. If you don't know what to do, hire somebody. But find some tools. Number six, start today. Procrastination is the biggest killer for most people when it comes to this area of their lives. They're like, I'm gonna do it Monday. Monday never comes for most people. It's like, well, I'll do it Tuesday. Just start today. Just start today. So let me just kind of bring us back. Let's just bring it back. This is all about, hopefully, again, this isn't about, oh, I'm gonna make me feel bad because I don't do this or that or whatever. It's not about that. It's like, hey, guys, let's, we can do better, all of us. Let's just, hey, God's entrusted us with something and let's do our best. So let me ask you two questions. The first question, what are you doing right now? Or even, maybe you haven't even thought about this. Again, you, going back to that analogy of you have one car. That's <laughs> it, that's all your car you're getting. Now think of your body. How are you treating that one and only body that God's given you? Are you neglecting it? You might not be abusing it, but are you neglecting it? Are you you really trying to do the proper maintenance because you know at some point it's going to need it? Because if you were only given one car, you would change the oil regularly. You would rotate the tires. You would park it in a parking spot where it wouldn't get damaged. You would really think about every area of how you're treating because you know you'd never get another one. And I want you to think about that as with the body that God's given you. Have you have you done a good job at this point? If not, are you willing to just say, hey, God, I want to reset today. I want to just say, hey, I've, I've not done well in this area and I want to do better. You know, I just want to do better. And again, it's all incremental. It's It's like, hey, we're on a we're in a marathon, not a sprint. It's not about overnight success. Let's just kind of daily put some disciplines in our life to take care of it, because this is the way we honor God. It's not. It's the same thing. He said, "Exercise daily in God." Remember what He said that in that one verse. It's that same thing. No spiritual flabbiness here. We need to take care of our spirit. We need to take care of our physical being. We need to take care of get emotional health. We need to do all these things because we'll be fit for the kingdom of what God wants to use us for. If if I'm if physically not able to do things, I can't even do what God's called me to do. Like if that is sidetracking me from what God's called me to do, that's a problem. So I need to do it for, for kingdom's sake, not just for my own, not just to look at myself in a mirror and go, oh man, look, I, I look a little better. That's great, but that's not, at the end of the day, big enough. It has to be bigger than that. Second question is this. Have you When it comes to your act of worship, because he said this is your reasonable act of worship, is when we lay ourselves on the altar and become a living sacrifice. Expand the thinking now beyond what we're talking about, fitness and nutrition and all that. Just expand it beyond that. Everything that I do, every action that I have, every thought that I have, every activity that I engage in, am I... First and foremost, making it an offering to God. Am I a living sacrifice for God? I'll tell you what, in 2022, I think that song, and coming back, that I Surrender All, what a fantastic song when it comes in, because this, this would come into the category of all, right? It's, it, it's all, every area, every aspect of my life, just saying, God, I'm a living sacrifice, so here's, I'm going to close in prayer, and I just want to say again, this is, uh, this is meant to be practical, but, but also meant to encourage. So let's hopefully make a few changes in a way that would honor God in the way that we live our lives. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the, the one and only body you gave us. Some of our, our bodies are, um, have, you know, we've, we've, had, um, we've had some issues. You know, as we, as we age, we know we live in a fallen world. We know that our bodies are deteriorating every single day. And they're headed toward eventually death here on earth, but we're, we're spirit first and, and our spirits will live on into eternity. So God, I pray that that would be first and foremost in every person's heart and mind today is that they need to take soul care. They need to, they need to invest in the things that are gonna build them up spiritually. Spending time with you, engaging in community with other believers, sharing their faith with their friends, serving others, the things that build our spirits, God, I pray that that would be the most important thing here. But secondly, God, not at the expense of neglecting our bodies, so I pray that each one of us would recognize that our bodies are truly a gift. And even though they're temporary, we need to try to take care as best as we possibly can because we don't own them. You do. And just like the Levites cared for the temple in the Old Testament, Lord, may we care for this temple of the Holy Spirit that we call our bodies. And Father, I pray for those who maybe in a new year, what they really, their first reset needs to be that they need to invite Jesus into their lives, to have forgiveness of sins, to have a, a, a new uh, opportunity to follow you for the rest of their lives. And I pray, God, that as you're speaking to people, whether they're watching online or in this building, that Holy Spirit, you would do what you need to do in their hearts and lives. And if you're here today or you're watching and and you're thinking, you know, I've never placed my faith in Jesus Christ and I'd love to make that reset, let me offer maybe an opportunity to do that. And You can just maybe in your own words, pray a prayer like this, say, Jesus, I thank you that you were a sacrifice for me, that you died on that cross and you laid down your life and shed your blood for me. And today, I am going to place my faith in you, my trust in you. I am committing my life to you. And I'm going to call you Lord and Master from this day forward. Thank you, God, for sacrificing for me. God, I pray now over each one of us that we would walk out of here, hopefully, with saying, you know what, I'm going to just, in this area, I'm going to really... I'm going to reset some things. There's a few things I need to do. I need, I need to just step in to that and not procrastinate any longer because it's a spiritual issue at the end of the day. God, we love you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.